Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now in the studio, local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 9th show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere. You can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your local mortgage expert and your host, Tina Mitchell, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can affect your money. If you are hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I am here to connect you with the guests of I have on the show or answer any questions that you may have, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now the lineup for today's show. We'll be having a panel conversation with both of my guests, J.D. Winnikin of Airway Science for Kids and Holly Whaley of K&H Coaching. I'll also be having a conversation with J.D. helping kids get into a guarantee guaranteed growth industry and a followed conversation with Holly on mind your business. Also, if you are watching my show on our Facebook premiere or YouTube channel, I would like to take this opportunity to introduce my producer over at Hubbard radio, Benny. Hi, Tina. Welcome back. And good to see you again. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome back. Where did I go? Well, just I missed you for the last six days, you know, from the last recording. So. <laughs> that is so awesome. How, how sweet. And my marketing director, uh, Becky. Hi, Tina. Thank you. I've missed you, too. Yeah, we talk every single day. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I could not do the show without Becky and Benny. And that's why I want an opportunity for everybody to meet them. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes. So uh, thank you to both of you. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And as I do each week, let's go ahead and start out today's show with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. This week, the minutes from March 16th Fed meeting were released showing that the Fed would have likely hiked by 50 basis points in March if it were not for Russia and Ukraine conflict. Many participants noted that one or more 50 basis point hike could be appropriate at the future meeting, future meeting, which will likely occur in May with inflation going so high. Now it's expected that the CPI will rise from 7.9% to 8.4% this week. Now the big news was their balance sheet. Most agree that when they begin to reduce their balance sheet, monthly caps of $60 billion for treasuries and $35 billion for mortgage-backed securities would be appropriate. This is a total reduction cap of $95 billion per month. 
Now, they also agree that the caps would be in a phased over period of three months or longer if warranted. This means that they will start to reduce their balance sheet at a lesser amount, but will eventually get up to the $95 billion reduction over time, much like they've done in the past. Now, last time the Fed reduced their balance sheet, they started with a reduction of $10 billion, $6 billion in treasuries and $4 billion in mortgage-backed securities and scaled up to $10 billion every three months until they ultimately uh, hit $50 billion runoff for the year. Now, in today's case, they are planning on getting to $95 billion in just three months or so, which explains some comments that we heard from Baynard on, on the rapid reduction. Now, when we look at the Fed's mortgage-backed security purchases, at the Fed's peak, they were buying $40 billion outright and another $7 billion in reinvestments from their holding for a total of $11 billion per month or $1.3 trillion over the course of a year. Now, we heard from St. Louis Fed President Bullard, who has been extremely hoggish. He said that he thinks that the Fed's fund rate should be at three and a half, which is a big jump from the current range of a quarter percent to 50%. We will also hear from New York Fed President John Williams. He is one of the most influential members of the Fed. The New York Fed is also where all of the mortgage-backed mortgage -backed security purchases go through. So the markets are going to be listening really closely to his comments, especially with all of the talk on the balance sheet reduction. Now, additional, additional, initial job claims with measures individuals filing for unemployment benefits for the first time decreased 5,000 to 166,000, which is the lowest reading since 1968. Now, the previous report week's numbers was revised lower significantly by 31,000 from 202,000 to 171,000. Continued claims, which are those that continue to receive benefits after their initial claim, decreased 17,000 to 1.5 million. Now, while these numbers look exceptionally low, there was a new methodology the BLS started to use, which rejiggers their seasonal adjustments over the past five years. This resulted in some big revisions, lowers to the figures, but remains to be the same that employers are holding on to their workers and firing less, and the labor market is extremely tight. Now, the global economy is interconnected. There are already signs of a potential recession in Europe. Uh, their April Eurozone Senex Confidence Index fell to a negative 18, and many are saying that we will look back at the start of Q2 as a recession in Europe to retrospect. Now, while this is sentimental index and not hard data, it tells us that people are thinking and what they're thinking in Europe. This is important as the global economies, again, are interconnected, and rarely do we see a recession in one country, but rather widespread recessions at the same time. And speaking of recessions, the indicator that I've been following is the U.S. 10-year and two-year treasury yield, note yield spread. After inverting for a period of time last week, the spread is inverted once again to a negative three basis points. Now that we have seen an inversion, what does that mean for our economy? If this indicator holds true, how long until we see in a refresh recession? Well, it's not going to be tomorrow, uh, but looking at history, you can see that after the last five inversions took on an average of 11 months until a recession. Through modern history, the average is 20 months. Now, it seems that time is getting a little more compressed and things are happening more quickly. Uh, removing the 1998 recession, which appears to be a bit of an anomaly, the average time until recession is between five and six months. 
markets. Now, if this means that we will see a recession over the over the next year, what does that mean for equities? Well, interesting. The Nasdaq returned from inversion to recession the last five times was on an average of 50%. Now, removing the 1998 recession, which had an abnormal high return, the average of 17%. Also interesting is the two months following the recession. The Nasdaq was positive every time for an average of 6.68% return. This tells us that while we may be heading, heading into a recession, it doesn't mean that we have to panic immediately on our investments, as you can still see gains until the peak and the recession. Also coinciding is the that in April has been the best month for the S&P 500 over the last 30 years from 1992 to 2021. On an average, there has been a 2.34% total return. Now, November is the second best month over the period of time, averaging at 2.03% return. We'll have to wait and see what unfolds for the markets. Tina Mitchell, and that is your money chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour panel conversation with J.D. Winnikin of Airway Science for Kids and Holly Whaley of K&H Coaching right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, April 9th show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere. You can catch the show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. It is a great day to talk about money, and that is what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to Rebrick broadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or more importantly, to connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on the show, panel conversation with both of my guests, J.D. Winnikin of Airway Science for Kids and Holly Whaley of K&H Coaching right here on 1150 AM at KKNW. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for uh, joining my virtual show. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank Holly, you for thank having you. me. Absolutely. So before we get started on the panel conversations I have uh, lined up for you, I'd like to share with our listeners a little bit about uh, both of your backgrounds. First, Dr. J.D. Winnikin, Airway Science for Kids, Director of Program Excellence, where he oversees long-term development of programs and corporate relationships. J.D. has a PhD in 20th century history and spent over a decade in academia. He is also a historical fiction writer, is pitching a novel to agents, and hosts his own two podcasts. Uh, This show is all about you and breaking up with your BS. He actually co-hosts that show with Tawny Santabria, which I've also had her and a guest on my show uh, in the past. And uh, just began training to become a certified human potential coach. We're really excited to see all of the amazing things that you have uh, unfolding, JD. And Thank you, Thank you very much. Bit, 
Yeah, you're welcome. A little bit about Holly. Holly Whaley is a certified coach, entrepreneur, and speaker that has 25 years global corporate experience. Her biggest job to date is wife and mom. She has coached clients, employees, and friends on how to be successful in their careers and business. Holly's passion is to work with business leaders to mind their business through strategic vision, building pillars of success, and creating strong leaders. Again, thank you, Holly, uh, for being here. Thank so you. I, I like the panel conversation because it gives an opportunity for the people that are listening to the show today, a little bit about both of you before we get into our individual segments. Each week I ask different questions of my guests, except for the first question is the same one I ask every single time because it is my most uh, favorite question. And I think it's the best way for our guests to get to know why you do what you do. So JD, for you, what life experience brought you into your line of work? Well, I would say it's actually pretty much all the main ingredients of all the things I like. I've been an aviation airplane space fan since I was a little kid, so that element is covered. Uh, you mentioned my degrees in history, uh, particularly 20th century history. I had a strong history in aviation and an interest there, so it combines with my academic training. And I worked for a long period of time at the Museum of Flight uh, here locally and uh, worked there in public programs, working with a lot of big figures and companies in aviation and aerospace. And so when the opportunity came to take on this position with Airway Science for Kids, it was the perfect convergence of all those elements. It really is in a lot of ways, the perfect job for me. Isn't that beautiful what you loved and passionate about as a child and now to see the continued level of growth uh, in that passion. I will have to say that I, I didn't love numbers when I was growing up, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Molly, well, being I work with numbers every single day, uh, kind of crazy. But Molly uh, or Holly, what about you? What life experience brought you into your line of week and your passion uh, for coaching? Yeah, so I think um, coaching is a skill that I just have had most of my life. I'm not quite sure where it came from, but um, I've always been that person to just be able to coach people and inspire people through situations. And so I really wanted, back when I was younger, both of my parents are deceased. And so because of that, I decided at a young age that I wanted to be successful so that if something were to ever happen, I could always sustain my family. And so I went into business because that's where the money's at, right? <laughs> and so I became very successful in business, but yet there was that piece of passion that I was missing. And so um, being able to really bridge the two and become a coach that helps people in their business was just right in my vein. And so that's exactly how I got into doing business coaching. Yeah, I am um, uh, not enjoying numbers growing up, but I'm also a uh, coach in time management business efficiency. And I will say having a mom that was stressed out all the time about time. Maybe that's why I'm so passionate about helping others take control of their, their time and their business back. Yeah, really fun question. All right, JD, uh, what natural gift do you have that helps you uh, in your business? 
well, I'm not sure if, if enthusiasm for the subject is is a natural gift. It seems to feel natural to me. Uh, but uh, I think that really is natural is the ability to see the big picture. Uh, my interest in history is all about seeing the big picture of the past. And so one of the things that I'm able to bring to the organization and is my job is to look out ahead of what's happening and, and anticipate what's coming, uh, but then also find opportunities within that. And that is just something I've always enjoyed doing. I've, I've done it in my writing. I've done it in my work. I've done it in my relationships. Looking out ahead is, is probably the biggest gift that I bring to the table for the, uh. the that is, that's beautiful, JD. Holly, how about for you? What is a, a natural gift that you have that you think is helping you in your business today as a coach? Yeah, so I think um, one of my natural gifts is the ability to connect with people and the gift of gab, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's given me the ability to connect um, and, you know, be around people and help people and really have them understand at a deeper, build deeper relationships quicker. So that's just a natural ability that I seem to have. <laughs> yeah, being a connector is definitely a gift. And I always say the magic sauce is not getting to connected to people that can support your product and service. The complete magic sauce is getting people connected to each other. And through that process, yes. it's massive connections of people that you can help through your product and service. So yes, I love connectors. And JD, I don't know how much competition that there is in your line of work, but um, what, you know, what is... Uh, a unique proposition that you have that sets you aside. I mean, what, it, what competition is out there for what you do? Well, you know, we don't really address it as competition. It's uh -huh. usually, uh, you know, potential partners is how we like to go about it. Well, I love um, that. But yeah, because you never know. And, and in the nonprofit world, particularly when you're working with underserved youth, you never want to close the door on a possible partnership with organizations that work with similar populations. So we don't really take that approach. What I will say is what we do differently from other organizations that work in aviation and trying to get kids into those careers is we move beyond the technical part. We certainly can introduce kids to all elements of aviation and aerospace from the basics in all these different areas. We, we break it down into six. We do all of that. But we also follow the kids and help these students choose a career. There are hundreds of career opportunities in aviation and aerospace, the majority of which don't require a four-year degree. And so we can get kids plugged into pathways and we walk with them every step of the way as long as they want us to do so. So that's the first thing is we offer that pretty much kindergarten to career uh, opportunities if a kid wants to have it with us for free of charge, by the way. So yeah. they don't pay for any of that. But the other thing that we do that's different is we have a deep understanding and commitment to the idea and the reality that kids can't focus on their careers and reaching their dreams if their basic needs on every level are not being met. So we work with uh, very closely with community organizations, other educational entities, uh, other co companies, other nonprofits to make sure that kids are connected to uh, physical and emotional health needs if they need it, if their families need food or other resources, we have relationships that can help plug them into that. And we train all of our staff in, uh, in emotional intelligence training uh -huh. uh, to be able to recognize what's going on with kids better uh, and to prevent burnout themselves. Because yeah. that's a big deal. So we try to take a holistic look at what our what our students need 
make sure that our staff are getting what they need. And then that's gonna make the relationship, as you mentioned, the connecting that much more real. And these kids stick with us if they feel connected, not just to their career uh, opportunities, but to the organization and to each other. So we do that and there's no other organization in aviation and aerospace that does that whole comprehensive approach like we do. And we've been looking. So I can say that confidently. Yeah, <laughs> so. that is great. And I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited that I was able to get you uh, into Studio JD. And I'm really excited for my listeners to be able to hear the individual segment when we're going to dial, uh, dial, dive deeper in what your organization does, because it is pretty spectacular and magical. Thank so you. thank you, JD. Holly, what about you? Uh, what is a unique proposition uh, that you have? Because there, there is a lot of coaches out there coaching on a lot of different things. So uh, what sets you aside from other coaches? Yeah. So I think what really sets us aside or me aside is that I like to work with small business owners that don't really want to mind their business. They want to mind their craft. Mm -hmm. And so taking them from minding their craft into understanding and minding their business so that they can grow and scale. Beautiful, beautiful answer. All right. So that is the, uh, that's our panel conversation, but coming up next on the money hour, you want to stick around helping kids get into a guaranteed growth industry. J.D. Whittakin of Airway Science for Kids right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Kids never have trouble dreaming about their future. The challenge is providing them the resources and opportunities to reach them. This is especially true from historically underserved communities. Fortunately, there's an organization that can help those dreams become reality. Airway Science for Kids helps underserved youth develop life and career pathways through exploration of aviation and aerospace. Using in-person and virtual programs, along with partnerships with companies, educational institutions, community health providers, and other resources, Airway Science for Kids helps students not only find their dream careers, but also learn how to better advocate for themselves and connect more effectively with their families, peers, and communities. To find out more, visit airsci.org. That's A-I-R-S-C-I.org. Or email info at airsci.org. Airway Science for Kids, providing aerospace for all. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 9th show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on our show YouTube channel. In addition, for more upcoming events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your local mortgage expert and your host, Tina Mitchell. I'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you are listening to my show at a different time or day, you're listening to a rebroadcast 
podcast, uh, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the two guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. Uh, now back in studio, J.D. Winnikin of Airway Science for Kids, helping kids get into a guaranteed growth industry right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Uh, J.D., I can't tell you how excited I am to have you in in studio uh, what your organization has to offer for our children in our community uh, is just amazing so I'm so excited to share this uh, with my listeners for the show so thank you again thank you thank you I was uh, one of my favorite subjects is to talk about this so yes um, I, I, I know <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so uh, JD what is airway for uh, airway science for kids share a little bit more Sure, sure. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit uh, based down in the Portland, Oregon area, but in the process of expanding our reach up into the Puget Sound and then hopefully eventually um, almost, I guess, a franchising approach to areas around the country. Uh, that's the long-term goal. Uh, but what we do is we provide life and career pathway opportunities for underserved youth into aviation and aerospace careers. As I mentioned earlier, there's hundreds of career opportunities. Uh, in this and, and aviation and aerospace is about as close as we get to a guaranteed growth industry. The demand will always be there uh, for air travel of various kinds. Uh, of course, the space sector is constantly expanding uh, and will continue to do so. And because the, the uh, industries are so large, there's a demand for pretty much every other kind of career opportunity under the sun to work for various companies. So a person can be an accountant and do well, a person can be an engineer and do well. Uh, a person can work in human resources and do well in this industry. And so we're, we're trying to take what is historically a, a very difficult industry to get into at high levels if you don't already have wealth in your family, uh, to provide those resources and opportunities to kids who don't have the, the financial wherewithal. Yeah. And so that's, that's, our, that's really what we do is, is try to do that and do so by taking care of the whole person along the way and helping kids see that they're not just choosing a career they they can start thinking about the kind of life they want to live do they want to live do they want to buy a house do they want to have a family do they want to travel a lot what things are important to them a lot of kids don't get asked that anyway yeah. but certainly underserved kids don't get asked that very often so that's what we do that's great. Sounds like the organization really um, touches everything and, and whole to bring it together uh, yeah. through the organization. So JD, let's talk about uh, the company mission. Well, the mission is twofold. First for our students is to show them what is possible for them and help them to reach that. Uh, we use aviation and aerospace as the avenue but that doesn't mean that uh, a success story for us is only if a kid goes into aviation and aerospace. If, if a child learns self-advocacy, uh, develops uh, confidence in themselves, recognizes areas of interest that they wouldn't have discovered otherwise and moves on to other things, we will have done our job. Uh, so our mission is to help kids find their way, first of all, in, in a way that's not traditional to school or you know, uh, things that they're used to. That's on one hand. The other side of our mission though, is to help the aviation and aerospace industries reach their openly stated goals of diversifying their workforces for the future. Companies like Boeing, Airbus, SpaceX, uh, uh, Learjet, all of them have acknowledged openly the need to really diversify their workforce. 
yeah. uh, both with people of color as well as men, women, LGBTQ. Uh, there's every single area of diversity they've they have acknowledged they absolutely need to continue to grow the industry for the demands of the future. Uh, what a number of them will openly say to us is they're not quite sure how to do that. So our organization is one that can help show them do that. And we take that responsibility really seriously. So we base everything we do in the latest research. Uh, we are part of the larger conversations about diversifying aviation and aerospace. And we do our best to connect with thought leaders and movers and shakers in the industry uh, to show them what we do and to give them ideas of how they can adopt it. We consider all of them to be partners in what we're doing. Yeah. So a great mission helping the uh, the industry and then again, helping uh, our, our youth in our community and making those uh, amazing connections. So JD, uh, let's go back to uh, what you mean by underserved youth underserved youth it's it's a very it's a term you hear a lot uh -huh. uh, and the way we generally use it obviously underserved youth can mean uh kids of any background they could be rural kids they could be kids of color who grow up in areas that where they don't have the same equal access to resources that other kids do right okay. maybe they don't have schools that are well funded or they're in far-flung areas away from technological advancements, even having internet, for example, in rural areas. Uh, so you can, we can define it partly that way, but also underserved in the industry of aviation and aerospace. Uh, aviation and aerospace is still predominantly a male-dominated industry and a white male-dominated industry. Uh -huh. And while there's certainly nothing wrong, generally speaking with that, the industry has identified they would like to expand outward from that and bring in more people of uh, different backgrounds and different identities. And so we define underserved as pretty much all those people <laughs> who, ha who haven't had those opportunities. You know, Tina, it's a really interesting thing. When we take those tests in middle school that tell us about what our career uh, options yeah. might be or oh, yeah. what we might be most interested in, all kids across the board in middle school, regardless of their ethnic background, their socioeconomic status, their gender, you name it, they all about equally expressed interest in aviation and aerospace careers, equally. Really? But then between that point and university graduation and entry into the workforce, it becomes a largely um, affluent white male dominated industry. So yes. there's a clear disconnection. Yes. In there. And rather than spend a lot of time you know, around blame or criticism, we've just decided, let's just bridge the gap. Yeah. <laughs> let's just bridge the gap. We know how. Right. So underserved, uh, definitely not meaning underserved uh, financial or opportunity, but underserved in um, uh, what the industry is missing in their being underserved in um, uh, with with uh, with people. Yeah, it can it can be both, and oftentimes it, it does overlap. Uh, and and yet, what we have found is. When resources are given to kids, wherever their background, whatever their experience, um, if there's an interest and they see an avenue, yes, they all equally run for it. Yeah, so that's great. So, JD, how and when did the organization start up? Started uh, in our thirty. We're in our thirtieth year, actually. Uh, so, it started yeah. back in 1992, and it was the brainchild of a man named Bob Strickland, who um, was a black man born in 1935 in Arkansas. So, in in the, at the height of the Jim Crow yeah. era in the South, D 
didn't have an opportunity to, to fly, even though he was interested, but he joined the Air Force and had a very successful military career as an accountant and then became one of the major accountants for the state of Texas and was so good at his job that he ended up retiring early. He moved with his family to the Pacific Northwest, to Portland. And one day when he was teaching his son how to build and fly a remote control airplane, he realized his son, who didn't have a lot of interest in math, science, was learning them just through the process of working on this plane, right? And, and so Bob said, what if I took this time and this money that I have and learned how, as he put it, tricked kids into learning basically, you know, the important <laughs> skills of math, physics, uh, that type of thing. And he started Airway Science for Kids. And they started with two-year commitments to learn how to build these airplanes and mm -hmm. eventually moved up to building actual airplanes. One of our flagship programs is called Team Flight, where uh, the Vans Aircraft Corporation, which is the largest manufacturer of kit aircrafts in the world, meaning kits you can buy yeah. and build and yeah. fly, partnered with us and we have a cohort of kids every year teenagers who build this plane with Van, with Dick Van Grunsman the owner of Van's aircraft and uh, qualified aircraft uh, manufacturing mechanics and they build it together and then they fly it so oh they, they moved up to do that so Bob Strickland really that was his vision and he wanted to uh, to really connect with community resources so now Bob died a handful of years ago and so the organization has been really rededicating itself in the last few years to really reconnecting with uh, the community roots that he had established so strongly, and uh, as well as expanding opportunities in all areas of aviation, which was really his group. Oh, that is, uh, well, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing, uh, sharing mm -hmm. that, JD. So how does Airway uh, Science for Kids operate as both an effective nonprofit and as a successful business? Yeah, we we are we are dedicated to operating on sound business principles. You know, it's it's a myth that a nonprofit is not supposed to make money. Yes. Right. It, it's a it's a different kind of it's a different kind of designation. Now, the money that we that we make as an effective business, uh, we spend we believe properly. We we pay our employees well. You know, we make sure that the benefits are strong, and then we put everything into resources as well, all for the kids, right? Because the benefit is for everybody if everything is well invested in. Yeah. So we make sure we do our, uh, we vet our, our partners, you know, who we're spending money with. Do they fit our mission? Do they practice sound business principles? Uh, if we're getting grants from government entities, are we fully aware of what's expected? Do we know uh, when our reporting deadlines are? We make sure we pay our way. You know, if, if there are services out there that people are going to use uh, or that we're going to use, we want them to be sound, right? We want them to be strong and we want to pay people for their expertise. So uh, we, and we don't spend a lot of time going hat in hand, uh, looking for individual donations. We're always willing to take them, uh, but we're really looking to build relationships with, uh, with grant giving agencies, but particularly eventually with corporations. We're heading that direction okay. now because those corporate sponsorships uh, can just go further and, uh, and allow us more creative uh, ability to, uh, to do what we wanna do and adjust on the fly as well as to build a larger program to reach more kids. Yeah. So, um, so we, and so we do all of that. And the reason why we do our emotional intelligence work is to prevent things like compassion burnout, compassion fatigue among our staff, which, um, which is a real thing, you know? And so, so we invest in their care as well. So uh, we've, we believe we've taken the best of how the best companies work and treat their employees and approach their goals. 
and put it alongside with the best of what nonprofits can offer in terms of a sense of mission, commitment, heart, and larger vision. So that's how we try to pull it together. Okay. All right. So JD, how is the organization meeting the needs of aviation aerospace industries? Okay. Well, it's, you know, there's a long way to go, you know, for these, for companies that really want to diversify uh, their workforces, you know, just to kind of give you an idea, just talk about pilots, which is what everybody thinks about. Um, You know, United Airlines has the highest percentage of female pilots of any American airline, and it's just under 7% of their pilot workforce are women. Right, right, right. Now that's pretty much the same percentage from 30 years ago, 40 years ago when women were first beginning to fly. And of course the industry has, has expanded exponentially since then, but the percentages are still low. And the highest in the world for women pilots is Air India with 11%, right? So, right, so, and that's just, that's women regardless of, of ethnic background. So women of color, it's an even lower percentage yeah. than that. And so, what, uh, what Airway Science for Kids is connected with, with our industry partners, is this awareness that this must change. Uh, and it needs to change for the benefit of these companies, first and foremost, because the concerns about pilot shortages, engineer shortages, crew shortages is constant. It's always a real fear in the industry. And uh, they simply cannot rely on the same channels, right? Yeah. Particularly people who have access to resources and affluence. They can't rely on that for the for the uh, industry to continue to expand the way they need it to. Sure. So we do that by not just having kids move up the line closer and closer to that. That's the long term. But we also really share our ideas with with these companies and say this is the kind of stuff that works, and we can prove that it works, mm-hmm. right? And and we've been able to expand you know expand our size over the last few years we've gone you know through these types of arrangements and conversations we've expanded our operating budget from about 150,000 uh, before covid to 2.1 million now you know so and that's because congratulations we're, we, yeah i know thank you thank you it's it's we've had really great partners to work with but i also credit the larger vision of the organization our executive director our board of directors for really being connected with what the industry needs and with what our kids in the community need. And yeah. it, it just works well together. Absolutely. So uh, can you describe one of your uh, one of your main programs? Well, I mentioned the teen flight program. So I kind of yep. jumped the gun okay. there, the, the plane mm-hmm. build. But what I will tell you is about our access program, which is our rapidly becoming our flagship program. It's for our kids 14 to 21 years old. And that is the direct career pre- preparation track, right? Uh-huh. So these are the kids that are starting to think about you know, what they want to do. And uh, we've taken something through something called the career tree. They learn all the basics of every area of aviation and aerospace. And then we give them branches, like branches on a tree, all the different careers. And they say, okay, I'm interested in that one, that one, that one. And then we show them how to work their way up from the roots of the tree through yeah. the trunk up to the branches. What are the steps needed? What do they need to do? What do they need to prepare for? And then we identify how we can help them take each one of those steps. Yeah. And so that could be getting a kid into an internship or a career with a drone manufacturing company or into college uh, to become a pilot or to a community college to become an aircraft engine uh, mechanic. It can be any of those things. And so the 14 to 21 year old access program is really kind of our uh, becoming our meat and potatoes uh, preparation program. Yeah. That is great. So you're you're starting with them and you're there through the whole journey. So JD, I've got a less than a minute with you, but I want to really quickly um, touch on two things. Uh, what kind of partnerships are you looking looking for, and how does somebody get in contact 
uh, Absolutely. As I mentioned before, uh, we, we are getting a lot of grants, so we aren't really looking for grants as much as we are corporate relationships okay. uh, and partnerships with other nonprofits. And certainly just connecting me with development officers or you know people that work in philanthropy for companies is the best way to start. Uh, and people can reach out to us and they can check out airside.org, A-I-R-S-C-I.org for uh, general information. They can email info at airside.org for general information, or they can reach out to me at JDW, just my initials, at airside.org. And I'd be happy to talk with them and start building relationships. JD, thank you so much. Uh, what an amazing organization and a difference that you're making, uh, again, with our youth here in our community, uh, especially underserved ones. And if you want to reach JD, JD, you can always reach out to the show as well. 1-800, what is my phone number? You can go to 1150 AM KKNW or, or go to the Uh Yeah, there you go. All right, JD, thank you so much uh, for joining me in studio. Coming up thank next you, to the Money you. Hour, uh, Mind Your Business, Holly Whaley of KNH Coaching right here on 1150 AM KKNW. So are you ready to be your own boss? Are you ready to be a boss? by building your own success story? 50% of small businesses start at home and make up 99% of the businesses in the United States. Small businesses are the lifeline of global economies. K&H Coaching believes in equipping and empowering entrepreneurs with the tools necessary to launch a viable business. For more information about K&H Coaching, visit khlifecoaching.com. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM. KKNW, the Saturday, April 9th show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, you can go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I bring into studio each week the best of the best experts and our local market on everything regarding your money. Uh, now in studio, we have back Holly Whaley of KNH Coaching, Mind Your Business right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Thank you again for being here on the show, Holly. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, so Holly, let's go ahead and start out with uh, what is an entrepreneur business coach? Share a little bit more about what, uh, what you do. Sure. So um, coaching is really given to us so that we can help partner with clients, businesses, or entrepreneurs. I work a lot with entrepreneurs just starting their businesses as well as small business owners. So I partner with them to really begin to explore opportunities for growth in their business. And what are some of the blind spots that might keep them from continually growing? So that's really what a coach does. A coach comes in and helps you evaluate some of those areas where you might um, not see some of the challenges you're having. Yeah. So when should a business owner or entrepreneur engage with a coach? Immediately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. So I think um, one of the biggest challenges that I see a lot is that they wait 
to hire a business coach because they're not really sure what the quality will be or what to expect. And so it becomes they get down a road, then they get stuck, then they hire a coach. And if they hire a coach immediately, then they can partner with them and work through some of the roadblocks and challenges that they might be facing, even as they get ready to start their business. And so that's really important for people to do. So to be able to avoid the mistakes that are common, uh, you can go through those and have yes. the solutions to ensure that they don't come up. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, let's absolutely. talk about what you can expect uh, from a coach, Holly. Yeah, so I think um, every coach, depending on what type of coach you engage, you can expect different things, right? But one thing that's very common is that a coach is going to help you explore areas within yourself and your business that needs to be addressed so that you can be the best version of you and your business can be the best version that it can be. And so when you engage with a coach, you have to keep an open mind, you have to be ready for change, and you have to be ready to kind of address some of the challenges that maybe you know are there, but you don't really want to address. And so those are some of the things to expect when you start working with a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that you, you have to take the hard road. The hard road represents change. You know, you've got to be yes. willing to go down that road so that you can get to easy street, which is guaranteed to follow if you embrace change. So what is one of the greatest challenges, Holly, for an entrepreneur when launching uh, their business? I think there's a couple of things, but one common denominator that I have found with individuals wanting to start their businesses is that they get very overwhelmed. And through the process, they begin to doubt their vision, they begin to doubt themselves, they begin to doubt everything. And so just like you said, take the hard road, sometimes it's a bumpy road, it doesn't always look the way you want it to look. But as you continue through the process, then you'll be able to see your dream fulfilled and really where you want to be. And a lot of people get stuck in the process. And they get so overwhelmed by the process that they just kind of put it in a nice little box and leave it on a shelf. Mm -hmm. And then they begin to wonder why they don't feel fulfilled in their life. And there's this box of dreams sitting on a shelf that it got too hard or difficult and they just set it aside. And that is so common. Um, for everybody that I have worked with that are aspiring entrepreneurs that are launching their business, mm -hmm. that's what we face. And so I actually um, just finished a book that is called Business Essentials, and it's a practical guide uh, for individuals that want to know how to start a business, and then it, they get tripped up through the process. Okay. And so it's just kind of takes them through some of the thought provoking questions to ask yourself as you start this business and really making sure that you're prepared in different aspects to yeah. launch successfully. 
And like you said, the best time to hire a coach is as soon as you're, you're putting your business together, because really having that, uh, that support, that mentor, and that person externally or on the outside of the emotional piece of it and the experience of helping uh, many business owners uh, take their business to the next level and get started, that's why it's important. So you have that, uh, you have that support. So Holly, what do you believe causes so many small businesses to fail? Yeah, so um, one of the trends that I continue to see, and the statistics are unbelievable when you look at how many small businesses will fail within the first five years. So only a small percentage will make it, right? And what I continue to see is that people have a dream, they want to start a business, they do start a business. A lot of them start it with a craft, right? So maybe they like to bake cakes or they like to decorate cakes. And so they start a bakery and they do really well, but then they don't know the business. Yeah. They don't know how to market. They don't know how to balance their books. They don't know how to manage the money. All of those different components that make a business run. And so when it gets beyond their craft, they don't know how to mind their business. And so they either turn it over to somebody else and sell it because they don't know what to do and they can't make it grow anymore, or they're working endless hours and then things are falling apart and they're afraid to hire people. And so really, when you start seeing small businesses fail, it's because they don't have somebody that's helping them on the business side. Yeah, and it's okay to really hire people where you are not strong, yeah. right? Like hire for your weaknesses. I say that all the time. I partner with people that have strengths that are different than mine. Mm -hmm. If there's an area where I feel like I can't compete, I hire somebody, get somebody in that can do that because we won't be perfect at every part of our business, but we can have a perfect business when we partner with the right people. Yeah. I'm one of my core practices is embracing your strengths and hiring at your weaknesses, uh, owning multiple businesses, and even, uh, more importantly than that, having the time, energy, resources, finances to create programs to give back to my community, there is no possible way that I could do it without embracing my strengths and hiring out my weaknesses. Do what you love to do and hire everything else. And that's hire everything else out. And that's another thing, Holly, and really why you need a, a coach too is, you know, how do you hire those people? How do you manage those people? How do you retain those people uh, is an important part of the process as well. So Holly, how can you ensure that continued success as an entrepreneur uh, of, or, or as a business owner? So how do you ensure that continued success is sustainable? Yeah, sure. So I think when we look at success, first of all, we have to define success. So for everybody, success looks different. And so you define your success and what your success means and don't look at other people's successes and define by that. So define your success and then you'll know if you're meeting the mark or not. Right. But you also continue to learn and continue to grow. And I tell my clients all the time, your business can't grow beyond your capacity of growth. 
And so if you're not continually learning, you will not, your business will not continue to grow. And so we have to make sure that success is defined. And then as you work towards that, you continue to grow and mature in your business. Yeah. And success, success changes. I mean, we're in different seasons of, of our business. I've been in the mortgage industry for over a quarter century and in the top 1% in the nation. And, you know, my uh, maintaining the level of business uh, that I'm doing, but now in a season that, you know, I work four days a week, I'm available and accessible, but I work four days a week because we've got a grandbaby. So we babysit on Friday and, you know, I travel five or six times a year. And so it's a different season uh, than the grind season that I was in, but maintaining the same level of uh, financial uh, success that you take all those years to work on. So yes, uh, really important to find out what success is to you right now in this season of your career. So uh, Holly, what keeps you personally grounded? So uh, what keeps me personally grounded is my children. Mm-hmm. and my husband. <laughs> they remind me frequently, right? Uh-huh. Um, but also just working with entrepreneurs, I always remember where I started. And so helping them to understand the different seasons of their business and how things will trend up and things will trend down. And it keeps me grounded and remembering when things don't look the way I want it to either, just to, you know, continue on the hard road, as you said. And yeah, remembering where you, and that's why I created my uh, Tragedy to Triumph. It's my keynote that I share with organizations. Complimentary uh, is, you know, remembering where I came from. And, you know, because we we all go through tragedies and we all can have triumphs on the other side. If you stay grounded, you remember where you come from, you you embrace the journey, the good and the bad in that journey. Uh, so yeah, really, uh, really exciting stuff for sure. Uh, Holly, what was your greatest struggle to success? Me. (laughs) I was my greatest struggle. (laughs) I love that answer. (laughs) So how did you get over yourself? I Um, I hired a coach. (laughs) Several of them, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, really, it was me, my mindsets. And I had to do the work to um, really understand who I am, what was stopping me, because everybody can get to the same level of success, but we have to believe that. And there are things because of our past, because of our lives, things, life has happened that causes us to create these roadblocks and even comments made. I mean, I had to go back to, you know, one time when I was 12 years old and my dad made a comment about his best friend who was a salesman and that hindered me from wanting to do sales for years, right? And it was just like, and it was a joke. It wasn't even a true statement, but something in my 12 year old brain said, I'm not going to do that ever. Right. And it stopped me. And so I had to really do the work to say, I have to get beyond this. I have to face my fears and move forward. And so um, I definitely am my biggest, and I will say continue to be right. I continue to do the work because I find areas where I stop myself a lot. 
Absolutely. So if you're listening to the show right now and my conversation with Holly, this is the biggest takeaway. Your greatest barrier to success is yourself. And if you can cross that barrier, if you can embrace your fears, you can reach the same level of success that the best of the best in the entire world have had. It's all about learning to become your best self, embracing uh, yourself at the highest level and uh, moving forward through those fears and using those fears as your opportunities because every triumph you have more adrenaline and you have more fighting spirit spirit than you do in the biggest challenges that you are going to see in your business in your life that is when you're the strongest but only if you know how to use the adrenaline otherwise that adrenaline is going to take you down so great uh, great takeaway uh, for my listeners Holly thank you so much for that all right we have less than a minute uh, to wrap up the show uh, but I would love to ask you one final question how do you define success so I define success by when my clients are successful. So when I hear the success stories of my clients, then I have hit success. And that is truly what I measure it on. And that is what I want to continue to measure it on. I mean, of course, I do like my sales. I like having the, you know, the financial security that comes along with it. But really and truly success for me is when my clients are successful. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's true, Holly, when you come from a place of contribution, the monetize just figures itself out. And when you have confidence that that financial piece and whatever monetize looks like to you is a given when you come from a place of contribution and supporting your community, that's a game changer. Uh, Holly, thank you so much for joining me in studio. Love the uh, conversation that we had. And I know my listeners uh, are enjoying it as well. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. So if you're listening to the show and you want to connect with either of my guests, I actually remember my phone number this time. It's 1-855-400-1150, or you can go online to themoneyara.com. Tina Mitchell, your host and your local mortgage expert. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Have to sign off, but I'll be here same time, same place next weekend to talk more about your money right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell. MLO 145420 is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.